Do not talk to me about acoustics. Roll the intro music. Welcome back to the We Can Do Better podcast. I'm Thomas Martinez. And I'm Daniel Rauschberger. And after hours of trying to find a spot in the greater Miami area where we could record this podcast, we are actually sitting in the corner of my bedroom where apparently we found the best acoustics, better than anywhere in the University of Miami, any library in the Miami-Dade County Public Library system. Um, it's pretty shocking. How are you doing, Daniel? I'm not doing well. You're not doing well. I'm not doing well. Do you want to know why I'm not doing well? Why are you not doing well? Well, oh, where do I begin? My ankles, my knees. Your ankles? My ankles. Your ankles. My ankles. Um, my tooth. Actually, I, I think I have a cavity too, maybe. But I like, I floss all the time. And recently I've run out of floss. So I guess my teeth have just not been doing well. I don't know why. I guess they're very shocked when I stopped flossing for a little bit. But yeah. Um, you seem to be falling apart. In the last I, month with you, it's been injury after injury. What's happening? Yeah, you know, I'm very injury prone. I feel like Derek Rose. Um, basically, I work at... Can I say my place of occupation? Yeah, yeah of, course. of course. Why not? Okay. Yeah. Because I work we're all at, friends here. We're all <laughs> I work at an Abercrombie. And basically, I've been wearing Converse every day to work. And they're very flat shoes. And they don't give a lot of support. So my knees would give out. And eventually, both of my knees gave out. And they were like, peace out, Daniel. We're leaving. So my ankles decided to also leave the party. And when that happened, basically, like, I feel like my Achilles are being torn every day I go to work. Wow. Daniel's currently wearing an ankle brace. On my left foot. I, I would be wearing another one on my right and knee braces, but I feel like that'd be too extra. So we're just going with the one ankle brace today. Wow. Um, it's, it's been a, it hasn't been the best summer for your health, I guess. No, it has not. Uh, <laughs> How are you doing, Thomas? I'm doing great. All right. <laughs> when, was the, when was the last time that you went to the gym? Jam, Daniel's been a, been a gym guy. He's worked out for quite a few years, but... I have not been to a gym since, like, the week before we graduated. Really? Yeah. We since graduated, we what, May 31st? That, yeah, was even a so date like, on the calendar. I think yeah. it was like, was, it was June, June first. Was it June first? Whatever, it, it doesn't first. matter. Before June first was the last time I've been to the gym, and it's now, it's, what July twenty ninth. All right, let's let's stop doing dates on the calendar. Okay. Um, yeah, that's rough, man. Um, it's pretty bad. What to talk about? What to talk about? This is a sports podcast, and we are talking about different things. Um, we decided after after the first podcast, after some of the feedback from our fifty five listeners, <laughs> that um, we love we, you, all you fifty five. Yes, we love we love and appreciate all of your support. Um, follow at WCDB Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Quick plug. Um, we decided that, you know, we'd open it up. You know, we want a more free-flowing approach to this podcast. Um, we're just going to kind of talk about whatever we want to talk about, and that includes my car. Um, Daniel and I were actually considering recording this podcast inside my 1999 
Mercedes that is also falling apart as much as Daniel's body is. <laughs> um, the other day, talking about gyms, Daniel. Okay. So I was, so I was leaving my house, right? Yeah. It's like five thirty in the afternoon, and I walk out the door, and you know, like the weather's fine, but you know how Miami gets. Oh, very humid. No, no, no. You know how Miami gets. Oh. I I open the door to my car, and the next like great big hurricane just unleashes itself and and by the time i get to the gym the rubber has come off my windshield wiper and yeah my car is just my car is a mess um i'm very i i definitely love the car that i have i mean everybody loves their first car right like it holds a special place in your heart but um it's not looking very good it's not looking very good and well, you know you know what else is not looking very good right now? What? Or according to many analysts in the country. Oh, what what isn't looking good? The Florida State Seminoles. Oh, what? I mean, I okay, so I have a lot of free time on my hands. I've been watching a lot of ESPN recently and I saw I saw a story on or I saw um, a segment on an ESPN U, one of those random shows that they have where they just what they just they just went through FSU's schedule, and they predicted a seven and five season for the Florida State Seminoles. A seven and five season, and I I just thought to myself, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, I've grown up in a in an era where FSU pretty much goes nine and three or better every single year, and for Daniel and I, I mean, this year is obviously special for us because it's going to be our first year at Florida State University. We want to see want to see success, of course, of course, and. I think a lot of it just, um, you see, we just went from talking about Daniel's health to my car to Florida State University. We can do it all. <laughs> um, a lot of it depends on one man, and that's DeAndre Francois. What yeah. do you think of him? I think he's a really good leader. I think he, he shows a lot of spirit for the team, you know. Is he a Jameis Winston? I don't think so. Maybe it's a good thing that he's not a Jameis Winston. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe he's not stealing crap legs. Yeah. Um... Is he even the EJ Manuel that Florida State had a while ago? Maybe he's not that big of an arm, but he definitely uh, he brings a lot to the team. I think when they lost him last year, and first game of the year, Alabama, Alabama, he took a hard hit. I think we talked about this um, his injury last episode, but I mean they put in James Blackman, who's a did not expect to play. The team kind of lost their rally. I think he bring uh, Francois brings that to the team. He's a good he's a good quarterback. How good is DeAndre Francois? I mean, for somebody who didn't really follow Florida State too much, um, growing up a Miami fan. I mean, I don't know that much about DeAndre Francois. I mean, he he completed two hundred thirty five of his four hundred pass attempts when in his first year throwing. He completed fifty eight point eight percent. He threw over three thousand yards. Daniel's dishing out the stats. 20 touchdowns and only 7 interceptions. I mean, it's not crazy. You know, you're not looking at Aaron Rodgers' numbers, right? But you're looking at a solid college quarterback. And let's just hope that he's grown since that. I think he was... I think I do know that he won ACC Rookie of the Year his freshman year. Um, Talking about another Florida State Seminole who had a great rookie season. Let me tell you. We're talking about Cam Akers, right? We're talking about Cam. Oh, Cam. Listen, Cam Akers... Came out last year. Over a thousand yards rushing. Over a thousand yards. He had seven touchdowns. 
the man had to split touches with other running backs, mm-hmm. and he's a freshman, and you and you put over a thousand yards. How do you like? From scrimmage, he scored eight touchdowns, and when you have split touches in only thirteen games, it's very impressive numbers. It's quite impressive. The man is a monster. I think he's gonna blow up this year. Hopefully, he stays because I know a lot of. Uh, you know, obviously, when college players have the chance to go early in the draft in their junior year, they'll take it. But I think this kid can really explode on the map. I think he might be better than... Dalvin. No! I mean, listen, listen. He was going to say Dalvin Cook before I just screamed over him. Dalvin Cook is a monster, and we'll see. Cam Akers has to improve. Listen, if Cam Akers can improve every single year, he can be on that same level as Dalvin Cook and was. Dalvin Cook carried Florida State's offense. He his really did. Last year. Did, was he there for four years? I think so. Yeah, well, whatever. His he... senior year or his junior year or whatever was the year that Florida State outlasted uh, Michigan in the Orange Bowl that year. I mean, Dalvin Cook, he was rushing for 200-plus yards against everyone. He, he was a monster. You could not stop the man. They would give it to him, and the defense wouldn't know how to, how to, how to handle him. He would just he would run over you. He would he'd make you miss. He's strong. He's humongous. The man is huge. But that's the thing, though, for Florida State. I mean, I know that their offensive line has been an issue in the last few years. And if that offensive line can't pick it up this year, I mean, you can you really, like, predict more than seven wins for them? Because their you... offense is predicated on that run-pass um, balance. and It is. What makes, it, what makes an offense, a, fo- a, a football team offense, run is their offensive line because if you can't hold that quarterback position or that running back position, like what are you gonna do if you like you're gonna get taken down behind the line every time? By the way, I just pulled it up. Dalvin Cook only played for three years. Really? And in those three years, How about that? from scrimmage, forty-eight touchdowns, over four thousand yards. We're getting excited about eight touchdowns from from Cam Akers and Dalvin Cook exploded on the map. I mean, hey, hey, Dalvin Cook. Only scored eight touchdowns from scrimmage in his freshman year. Okay. Okay. He didn't rush for nearly as many yards as Cam Akers. There you go. I don't know. I think we're seeing... I mean, I'm looking at their schedule right now, and it starts September 3rd, Virginia Tech. We talked about it a oh, little bit in game. the first part. Oh, that's going to be a huge game. I mean, Virginia Tech had one of the best defenses in the ACC last year. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I don't... I don't... Funny story... You want to hear it? Yeah. Okay, so my sister, weirdest thing, weirdest thing. She's a stage manager, right? So she's in the arts, like the farthest thing from football. Yes. And one of her, her assistants or one of her uh, techies is Micah Kendrick's brother. Really? Yeah. And we were watching, we were watching a, the, he was a linebacker. He got drafted this year, actually. Micah Kendrick got drafted this year from Virginia Tech, linebacker. The man is a, he's humongous. He's huge. And my sister, my sister's friend knows him. And my, my, the weirdest thing. Anyways. You gotta get him on the podcast. Friend of the show. Oh yeah. How about that? So what do you think FSU's chances are against Kendrick's alma mater? It's gonna be a tough game. I mean, Virginia Tech's, they were a really good team last year. Uh, I know they lost some players in the draft. Um, it'll take, it'll take a lot, especially with DeAndre Francois coming back, but I think we're stepping up our game enough. I think we have a good shot, but it'll be tough. And they're not playing in Blacksburg. They're playing at Duke at yeah. night. Ooh. It's going to be a tough. So you, you think you got to win there, first game, FSU? I think 
Very tough win, yes. We could lose easily, but if we try hard enough, that's a W. I guess we're doing schedule talk now. Next week, Samford, Doak, who you got? Knowles. Yeah, that's easy. Come on, now. At Syracuse, in the Loud House, at the Carrier Dome. Ooh, at the Carrier Dome. Syracuse is a tough one, because you know you don't ever want to face them in Syracuse. You know exactly. that place could get cold, get, get really tough. Could not get cold, because they're playing under a dome, but it's okay. Who do you... <laughs> Good job, Daniel. Um, who do you have in that one? You know what? I got the Knowles. You got the Knowles? 3-0? 3-0. Northern Illinois, Tallahassee. FSU, right? FSU. 4-0. At Louisville. Who's your quarterback? Who? Northern Louisville. Illinois? No. Syracuse? Louisville. Louisville? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Lamar Jackson was a monster. They barely beat FSU with Lamar Jackson last Exactly. Year. So I think that's a W. At Louisville? Okay, so yep. that's 5-0. and 5-0. That's where things get tricky. Because the next week you got big rivalry game at the Hard Rock in Miami against the Canes. Oh, man. That could be the game that decides the season. That could, like... I mean, because after that you win that game, you have all the momentum in the world, you lose that game... You have no confidence going into that Wake Forest game at home. I mean, homecoming. This Miami Hurricanes team, if they put up numbers like they did last year, if their defense is as good as they were last year or better, that turnover differential that was everything for them last year. They they shut offenses down. I mean, literally, if they just step up their offense and they keep their defense the same, they're going to be a disgusting team. But if you had to bet on that one, who do you take? Honestly, it's a flip of a coin. I mean, it depends. If FSU shows up, if Cam Akers runs that ball, then Florida State. You think Florida State 6-0? 6-0? But if Miami knows what they're going up against, then they could win it too. I don't know. If I'm going to say, just for going safe, I'm going to say Miami. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts, but you got to be honest. Yeah. Okay, so that's 5-1 and one Wake Forest next week at home. I'm going to give it to the Knowles. I think at this moment, you have that week off. That's true. October so 13th, you got off. You got to you rest up your players. You know, they get to study some film. We're, we're creative on this podcast. We're doing schedule talk. All right, next week, Clemson at home. Who? <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I don't. I don't think that's gonna be such a hot one. Um, six and two. Six and two. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. Um, gonna give it to the Tigers on that one. You got a tough defense the next week. NC State, Wolfpack, and Raleigh. Jeez, they just put out defensive linemen. Like, I mean, I don't know. NC State. I think we can still get the W. I think their offense on is the road in the ACC. Crazy, but if their defense is showing up, then it's gonna be a rough one for Francois and. They're wideouts, but man, our offensive line has to hold up for that game. If not, then NCC, I don't see it happening. Six and three. Next week, South Bend against the Fighting Irish. Oof. Their team's looking good this year, right? Notre Dame. Ah, Notre Dame's looking good every year. That's true. They always look good. <laughs> They're always top fifteen, and then they always end up nine and four. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I'm gonna say it's a wild one. I'm gonna say the Noles get that win. I'm gonna say. Cam Akers rushes for over 200 yards that game. Breakout game? Breakout game. On NBC primetime? Puts him on the map. 7-3. and three. Boston yeah. College the next week. Tallahassee? That's a win. 
eight and three. Then you got it. Then you got the UF FSU matchup. Oh, we win them every. We beat them every year. Yeah. That, <laughs> why do you even ask? Why do we? That's a that's a yeah nine and win. three. Okay, so you got a nine and three season for Florida State. I think that's a great turnaround. And especially under Willie Taggart in his first year in Tallahassee. So you think he's going to be a good coach? You think? I think he's got a lot of did young we, potential. Did we, did we talk about this in the last... Did we talk about... I feel like we did talk about Willie Tiger in the last podcast. I think we did for a little bit. What do you think of him? I think he's got a lot of pressure, especially coming after Bobby Bowden and uh, Jimbo Fisher. What they did with their players and you know how they won. Very tough legacy to fulfill. Especially in Tallahassee where football is basically a religion there. Every Saturday we go and pray. Um... I think he can make it happen for him. You know, I think everybody's rooting for him. Now, this is what I see. I mean, I, as somebody who grew up a UM fan, and I I remember last time the Canes had a coach that they hired pretty much because of his recruiting um, abilities. I see Willie Tiger as a great recruiter. I don't know if he's a great coach. I, have, I haven't seen him succeed to that high of a level as a head coach. Um, I don't know. I hope he's not the Al Golden that the Canes had, the atrocious coach that the Canes had. Um, I think we just need to give him some time. Yeah. Um, I think we, I think we'll know, I think we'll know um, by November 24th after that Florida game, I think we'll know where the direction of the program is headed, but I don't think we should get carried away. I just don't think we should get carried away. I think it's going to take a while. I don't see FSU competing for a championship this year. Maybe not even next year. It might be three or four years until they get back to where they were in that 2012 through 2014 era. That that team was just... I mean, the 2013 team. You want to talk about greatest college football? I saw an article on, ES, I saw an article on ESPN um, this week, um, and it was saying the best BCS teams, the best teams of the BCS era and so on like until last year yeah and i think it had i mean i did not agree with those i think it was texas 2005 texas number one um the 2008 gators who lost to an old miss team oh in the swamp at number two you got the 2001 canes at number three who just put out an immense amount of nfl talent and you got 13 knolls number oh, yeah. four i don't know what do you think about that honestly I think that... I remember that 2013 team, right? Oh, I remember like it was yesterday. Oh my gosh. Um, I think that UM team put out just so many players, so much talent Did on that team. 38 players sent to the draft, 17 in the first round. That's incredible. That's ridiculous. Unheard of. But also that, F- that FSU team, every single starter on that team was drafted also. I mean, that FSU team was like a force to be reckoned with. I think they were better than that. Gator team. I think that UM team was better than that Gator team. I think they're arguably also better than that Texas team. I don't know. Well, I, I think mean, the Texas team honestly is overrated by the fact that they played in one of the greatest national championships of all time. That's very true. Beating USC for that great USC team with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush in the Rose Bowl 2005, 41-38. Um, yeah, Vince Young just went off in that game. I don't know if you can say that a team like UF or Texas, a team that relied so heavily on a Heisman winning player. I don't know. I don't know. Also, I didn't I didn't follow Texas that much back then to fully give you an expert analysis on that. So let's move on to tennis. Daniel, 
You know I like tennis. You know you know I like me some John Isner tennis. Oh, take it away. Thomas talks some tennis. So John Isner, my favorite tennis player, top American in the land, number nine player in the world. Um, as we are recording this podcast, it is 7.02 p.m. on a nice sun, Sunday afternoon in Miami. Um, John Isner's up a break against... Fellow American Ryan Ant- Harrison, Ryan Harrison, not a very big name. He's up a break in the third set of the BBNT Open in Atlanta, about to win his fifth Atlanta tournament. How about that for rebounding from a 26-24 defeat in the fifth set at the Wimbledon in the semis? Oh my gosh. John Isner, a man whose game is pretty much, let me just serve, let me just rely entirely on my serve and just hope that some out of some miracle I could break your serve because J- John Isner. I mean, if you've watched him play it, which most of you probably haven't, most of you probably do not follow tennis to the extent that I do. But I just feel like talking tennis now, so we're gonna talk tennis. Um, yeah, <laughs> I kind of I kind of lost my gear right there because I'm so excited about tennis. But yeah, he's his game is just all aces, <laughs> and that's literally it. And I find that so fascinating to watch in an era of tennis where it's pretty much just baseliners like Nadal and Djokovic just producing these ridiculous 30-stroke-plus rallies. He's 6'10", isn't he? He's 6'10". 6'10". And if you, if you see how high his serves land, it's like, I believe, how is it even possible to land a ball across a tennis court have it land, what, like seven feet high off the ground? I don't know that how that's possible. But book it, John Isner, fifth Atlanta title. He's roaring toward New York, U.S. Open, beginning of September. I don't know. I don't know if he can make a run there. I don't know if he has what it takes to equal the best Grand Slam result of his career with that semifinal at Wimbledon. I don't know if he can make the semis at New York. But if he continues to go on that role, if he does well at Washington – in that tournament that's a little bit higher on the you get more points if you win that tournament i don't know if he does better at toronto or um cincinnati those masters 1000 events if he does better at those maybe i'll gain more confidence from that but he is a player who's played in so many marathon matches over the year he played in that famous 70 68 match against nicholas mahout 2010 wimbledon they played 11 hours and five minutes i don't even know how that's possible Oh, um, he's not a player who usually recovers from matches like that. I, I don't know how you can <laughs> recover from a match like that well and put out the best performance of your career. But it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. Um, talking about wait-and-see, let's wait and see what's going to happen with the Miami Dolphins this year. Training camp started this week. What do you have to say about that? I mean, what is here to say? about Just, I guess, get ready for a mediocre year. Get ready for a lot of Miami fans to be really hyped up about the Dolphins and then become very disappointed and say we'll get them next year. Because that's what's been happening for the past decade. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I was listening to the Dan Levitard show with Stu Gatz. As you know, it's my favorite podcast. A classic. Um, and they were talking about it. And they were, they were pretty much asking one another if um, being the Miami Dolphins beat writer is some sort of special purgatory. <laughs> like, like you know it's gonna happen if you if you cover oh. the dolphins it must be so frustrating knowing that you dedicate 
hours, days, months of your life to a team that's going to produce the same result that you could have predicted in July. Oh my god. I mean, they're going to go 7 and 9. Yeah. Or they're or they're going to have a very easy schedule. Not play any teams that are over 500. Get the fans excited. Make the playoffs like they did that one year. Play the Pittsburgh Steelers and get annihilated. Like That's the best case scenario. It's it's the best case scenario. And then get a mediocre draft pick. Because I mean, it's just classic Miami Dolphins. Well, let's talk about a more interesting team. Let's talk about the Oakland Raiders, a team that's moving to Las Vegas in a few years, a team that has one of the most eccentric owners in the NFL, a team that has one of the most eccentric head coaches in the league now, and John Gruden. What do you think about that move? What do you think about the idea of bringing back a coach who's been out of the league for over a decade to coach your team that was on the cusp of success two years ago? But failed last year. I think it's I think it's a needed change. I think you have Derek Carr, you have Amari Cooper, um, you know big moves. I think John bringing in John, Mister Gruden, uh, he he knows the game. You know you need somebody to coach those players. Uh, they had a terrible, they had, they had a not so promising season last year, and they need a big turnaround. I mean their defense obviously needs to step up. But their offense is just on another level. Six and ten, they were the Miami Dolphins last they, year. Yes, the Oakland Raiders were basically the West Coast version of the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think it's good. I think John Gruden's a great coach. I think he's he was gonna, a great coach. Was a great coach. I think he's going to bring that intensity that they need. I mean, come on, the guy's name is John Gruden. Like, I would put my trust in a man in my football team if he had the last name of Gruden. Come on now. I don't know. What do you think? I think that I mean, he's been out of the league for over like, 10 years. How can you be out of any profession for that amount of time and just come back and instantly be one of the best at what you are again? I mean, the game, it's, it's constantly evolving. The NFL is constantly evolving. I mean, listen, he has a great quarterback. He has a great wide receiver. Sure, the defense needs some even help. When, even when he succeeded, even when he... Even when he was in Tampa Bay and they won the Super Bowl in 2002, that team had arguably one of the greatest defenses of all time. So maybe we're overrating his it's stance great. as a coach to begin with. I don't know. I think I'm excited. I'm excited to see what he does. I mean, sure, he had a great defense, but like, it also takes a coach to propel great players to be great. I mean, look at Bill Belichick. Like, Listen, Bill Belichick made Tom Brady, right? Like... He makes every player fit into that system. Garoppolo. Look at Garoppolo. Look at Garoppolo. He he made him Jimmy Garoppolo. He's trying to send him to the 49ers and now he <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo's now a top ten quarterback. Exactly. Like he literally changed the San Francisco 49ers entire franchise. Because Bill Belichick made him to who he was. I mean, if John Gruden can make these players believe like that they can really win games and he can make them great players. I'm not calling, I'm not, now don't get me wrong, I'm not calling Gruden a, a Bill Belichick, by all means, I'm not. Bill Belichick no is Bill Belichick. Huh? No one is Bill Belichick. No, nobody is Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick. But if he can propel some players to, like, make plays, and to really, like, put out all their effort, I think they can make it to the playoffs. They'll be on to Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. What do you think of, what do you think about the Browns? What do you think about Cleveland? Do you think I'm, that they're, be, I, I, you know, I, I'm talking, I'm asking about the Browns, because I, about the Raiders, I thought about Gruden. 
I thought about a team that might be overrated, overhyped going into the season, and then I thought, what's another overrated, over potentially overrated, potentially overhyped team? And I thought the Browns. I mean, I think Tyrod Taylor's underrated. I think he does much. He carried that Bills team. Like without Lashawn McCoy, it was the Tyrod Taylor show. That is you, true. You put him with Jarvis Landry, and you put him with Josh Gordon. If he can stay off the weed, then Josh Gordon is as a. A little uh, shout out to Stephen A. Smith. Um, if you get Josh Gordon going, the man's a monster. Like, would we just throw the ball? Wait, up? Daniel, we have breaking news. John Isner won in Atlanta. John Isner won in Atlanta. Let's see it. Yeah, we baby. just high fives. I don't know how that sounds on the record. We'll we'll see. We'll find out. Anyway, continue with the Browns. All right, now I'm in a great mood. Oh, I'm in such a great mood. The Browns. He's going. They're gonna the win race. it. They're gonna win it all. <laughs> oh man, Isner might be number eight in the world now. Oh boy, breaking news. Oh, John Isner. Nothing gets me more excited when John Isner wins. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's take it over to the NBA. Let's do a quick transition to the NBA. Um, a league that has had probably one of its slowest weeks of the year. Um, biggest news, probably Clint Capella signing. A five-year, $90 million deal. What do you think about that? I mean, I think he got... I think both sides... Got what they wanted. I mean, Clint Capella got money. He got a long-term deal. And the Houston Rockets got Clint Capella without having to pay over $100 million. Um, um, basically, he's going to play with them. They're going to do well. Obviously, they're the Rockets. And he's still going to be a free agent when he's, what, like 29 or something. So, he'll be fine. He'll get his money with them, What do you too. think... Nice voice crack. Thank you. What do you What do you think of the dynamic of that team now? They lost Trevor Ariza. Now, don't get me started with Trevor. You know how I feel about Trevor Ariza. Oh, you know. Um, they have Carmelo, and they have Clint Capella back now. I mean, is that team greater or are they worse than where they were last year? Listen, it all depends on if Carmelo Anthony can still play catch-and-shoot basketball. If he can play catch-and-shoot basketball, the Rockets are going to be fine. But... If he's... <laughs> I mean, if he's going to be Carmelo Anthony, then they won't be. Then they, then they won't be. Then they're going to get knocked out by LeBron and the Lakers. And then LeBron's going to get knocked out by the Warriors. Then it's going to be the Warriors in Boston. Or the Warriors in the 76ers. Talking about LeBron. <sighs> he's the best middle school player. You saw I've that, ever right? seen. You, you see s- how he dunked that basketball? There was a video that went viral on Instagram this week of LeBron dunking a basketball at one of his son's AAU games. And I actually saw another video today of Quavo from Migos um, showing up at one of his son's... I said that really weirdly. I'm showing up at one of his son's AAU games. What do you think about LeBron's son? Do you think people are talking about him too much? I mean, how old is the kid? Like 14, 15? Yeah. And he's getting more coverage than... Relax. Devin Booker? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Devin Booker's good though. That man, that man can shoot. Um, yeah, the kid is in middle school. Relax, guys. He's still in middle school. I'm pretty sure he's still. Yeah, pretty sure he's still in middle school. I'll look that one up. Let's look it up. Is LeBron James' son still in middle school? Um, I mean, he's already got college offers. Yeah, he's 13. He's 13 years old. The man is 13 years old. I saw a video. Um, I saw another video. I'm just shouting out all the videos I've watched this week. I saw I saw a video um, on LeBron's uninterrupted platform where he was saying that he wishes that um, 
he was wishing that he didn't name his son LeBron Jr. because he think it adds more pressure to him. And that's why I kind of brought up this debate. I don't know. I think... I think it doesn't add more pressure to him. I think he only adds pressure to himself. I think that if LeBron... If Bronny James... I guess we'll call him that. If Bronny James makes it to the NBA and becomes a young, good talent in the NBA, then pressure will come. If he fades out like Michael Jordan's sons did in college, then I don't I think people will forget about him. That's fine. He doesn't need to be his dad. He just has to be his own person. But I think that's the pressure that kind of gets in their heads, you know? Like, your dad is LeBron James, and you play basketball as well. So, obviously... And I'm sure that pressure is not coming from LeBron himself. I'm sure LeBron's not telling him, like, you have to be <laughs> the greatest player of all time. I mean, it's all... It's the sports gas bags in the media. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, LeBron James is a great father. He's a great role model. I, you know, I, he'll be fine. LeBron James Jr. will be You know fine. what else? And LeBron, somebody who's also considered the greatest player of all time. What do you think about that idea? What do you think about the idea of measuring people at the greatest of all time at anything? I mean, I, I've been thinking about that recently. Michael Jordan isn't the greatest of all time. LeBron James isn't the greatest of all time. I mean, I feel like it's kind of obvious if you think about that idea for a while. But, like, if, if you do think about it, Michael Jordan's the greatest of a time. LeBron James is the greatest of a time. Maybe Michael Jordan is the greatest of two generations. LeBron will be the greatest of just this generation. What do you think about that whole idea it's just like a topic that people have when talking about sports because like that's the greatest that's the granddaddy of them all when you're talking about <laughs> sports talk topics lebron james is the greatest athlete i think to ever play a sport um i mean if you if you want to talk about like championships and titles then i mean look at bill russell because the man has 11 you know so if you're talking about oh like MJ has, you know, six or whatever, and, and he's clearly better because LeBron... But then look at Bill Russell, and doesn't that make him the best? Yeah, that, that's the whole thing. It's this whole generational conflict between people who grew up watching Jordan and people who grew up watching LeBron. And it's just like the whole thing with music as a whole. With People people are always going to say that the, that the artists that they grew up listening to were the greatest artists of all time. I mean, I feel like you can never say that Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. Like, I doubt anybody 200 years from now if the world isn't over I and the NBA is somehow still going on. I doubt anyone's going to be talking about how Michael Jordan's the greatest player of all time unless he's revered at some sort of Jesus-like status. Listen, we can only see with, like, players getting more athletic, being able to jump higher, run faster. Who knows? Who knows? We'll have to honestly wait and see. Maybe there will be a better version of LeBron. I, I don't think it's possible. It's LeBron James. I mean, it's 250, 76% body fat. Can jump and touch the top of the freaking backboard. I don't know. A lot of talk. A lot of talk. A lot of argument behind the topic. We can only wait and see. And that's what this is. That's what this podcast is. We're, we're all talk, some sports, as it says on our social media bios i mean i think that's it i think that's it daniel i have nothing more to say do you have anything to add no i think i think we're good i think we could do better i think we could do much better all right well from all of us 
at the We Can Do Better podcast. We will see you next week. Thank you.